0: You are Locked On A's, your daily Oakland A's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. How's it going A's fans and welcome to episode 162 of the Locked On A's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, noted baseball fan Jason Burke, and on today's show and all week, we're talking about bullpen targets. Yesterday, I talked about a trade target in Kansas City. Today, I have a trade target from Baltimore and a free agent target that has postseason experience. Both arms could be very interesting additions to the Ace bullpen, so that's what we're going over today, because it's bullpen week, everybody. But before I get into everything, please make sure to follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I am at ByJasonB on Twitter, and if you have any questions for us, please send those to LockedOnAthletics at G mail.com. Alright, so the first guy that I want to talk about pitched for the Cubs during their World Series run and I know that he's had some up and down years of late, but I feel like he is a perfect A's reclamation project and the guy that I'm talking about here is Carl Edwards Jr. He is the String Bean Slinger which just feels like a rude nickname but I'm going to say it right there so that I can name the title something with that in there. So uh, yeah, Carl Edwards is the String Bean Slinger because uh, he's skinny and he throws baseballs. So that's, ooh, watch out for that nickname. Uh, anyways, he was outrighted for from the Mariners roster last week and elected free agency, so he is a free agent. That's how this works. Uh, he hasn't made more than $1.5 million in any one season during his career, which means that he's probably not going to be costing the A's a whole lot to sign, especially because in 2019, he had a pretty down year with an 847 ERA across 17 innings. He was battling injuries a decent amount, and then in 2020, he only pitched 4.2 innings, but he was also battling some injuries, but he looked a lot better. His walk uh, rate went down dramatically, his ERA improves. So it looks like he could be a nice reclamation project for the A's. This is the kind of pitcher that they tend to go after and then rebuild and then let them loose into the world and let them go dominate other bats other places. So uh, it feels like he would be somebody that they get for like a million dollars, maybe even on a minor league deal. But the upside that he brings is just ridiculous. And I would really like to have Carl Edwards Jr. in the A's bullpen as their as they start to rebuild this bullpen for 2021. Uh, as I said before, he had that 847 ERA in 2019, and that was ballooned a little bit by a couple of bad outings that he had with San Diego after he got traded from the Cubs to San Diego. He only tossed 17 innings in 2019, so a couple of bad outings can really make a, a an okay season look really bad. So that's what happened for him right there. But this past season, he was shut down early in August due to a forearm strain. He posted a 193 ERA with Seattle in 4-2 two-thirds innings, and obviously, small sample size. But outside of 2019, Carl Edwards Jr. has been a pretty solid reliever. From 2015 to 2018, he posted a 3.06 ERA over 159 innings while striking out 12.3 per nine. That is solid. I like guys that get double-edged strikeout numbers per nine. That's something that the A's need more of. Usually, they got guys that are, like, maybe around, you know, one per nine. or Not one, like nine per nine, something like that. Maybe eight, maybe six. Uh, I like these... 12.3s, 12.9s, 13s that I've been mentioning. These are the guys that I want the A's to go after. It's more strikeout oriented pitchers. And in that 2015 to 2018 span, he also had a whip just over one with his hits per nine at an impressive 4.7. His bugaboo has been his walks per nine, which was at 4.9 in that time frame. And I'll touch on his walk numbers from 2020 here in just one second, but it feels like this is the kind of guy that the A's will be looking for this winter. Mainly inexpensive, with a decent chance of being pretty good. Uh, sign the A's up for Inexpensive, but decent chance at being good. Uh, that's that's what their uh, their poster would say is. We want you if you don't cost money and might be good at baseball. Uh, that's that's John Fisher's motto right now. Um, he reminds me a lot of uh, Rich Hill actually when the A signed him. Hill had problems with his walk rate in the past and had signed with the Red Sox late in 2015 and then pitched a total of 29 sparkling innings where he showed that he had more control over his pitches while keeping a strike rate uh, in the double digits. So he proved that he could basically control the zone a little bit better. The A's took a chance on Rich Hill, signed him for the 2016 season, and uh, it paid off for them in the short term because he wound up being decent. And they also flipped him at the trade deadline that year and to Los Angeles. And they, the A's still have Frankie Montas to reap from their little bit of scouting that they did from that 29 innings. Edwards not only had a uh, walks per nine rate of 1.93 last season, but his K rate stayed at 11.57. So very much on par with what Rich Hill did, only from a reliever role. And also Edwards only had the one bad year. It's not like he's he's been a little bit wild for his entire career, but his results has always been there. The results weren't there in 2019, but it seems like he got back on track in his, you know, four and two thirds innings. Uh, I, I th- think the A's got to take a chance on him, honestly. And I know that it's a small sample size and that performance could mean nothing in the long run, but for a team like the A's, they have to take these types of small chances that could end up paying off in a big way for them. And I mean, given the fact that Edwards is probably going to sign like a one-year deal for $1 million, maybe even a little bit less, I think that that's a decent chance that you take because the track record's there for four years. He had one bad year and then he's been hurt. So I think you take a chance on that track record and uh, see what he can give you in 2021. And if you Go over to his baseball savant page, you see that he has a high fastball spin rate, which is which ranks him in the 98th percentile, which means it gives it the illusion of a rising fastball. And those are a little bit harder to hit. And you throw in his curveball, which is a big swing and miss pitch for him as well. And, uh, you know, it's again, I really like curveball, uh, fastball guys. Carl Edwards Jr. is one of those guys. So, uh, you know, that maybe that's just for my own liking. I don't, I, I want guys that are effective ultimately, but you know, uh, when you, when you pair the fastball and the curveball together, I'm on board. And since 2018, he has had a with percentage with his curveball of 51.3, 48, and 62.5, which means that half the time he throws that pitch, he gets a swing and miss. That doesn't include call strikes or foul balls or any of those other ways to get strikes. It's an effective pitch for him. So I really want to see that curveball in Oakland with the A's from the String Bing Slinger. That's the last time I'm going to ever call him that because uh, I don't like it. It's a rude nickname for some reason I don't know why who wants to be a string bean and maybe it's just because I have trauma when it relates to string beans just many nights around kitchen tables that uh that did not end well with string beans on my plate so maybe that's what it is maybe it's not the actual name maybe it's the the food itself uh, but moving back to baseball on this one uh, it's hard to tell for certain given the sample but it looks as though the Mariners had him move away from his third pitch the sinker uh, and instead just Had him focus on the fastball and the curveball, and it seemed like the results were there in that short period of time. Uh, It's also worth noting that Edwards' retired David Fletcher – MVP candidate David Fletcher, at least MVP candidate in my eyes, because he hit like 700 against the A's. So he's first place in my book. But uh, yeah, he, he retired David Fletcher the only time that he faced him this season. So if nothing else that I've said so far in this podcast has proven that he's worth a flyer, then him being able to retire David Fletcher one out of one time should definitely seal the deal for any A's fan out there. That's going to be a weird edit point because there was somebody with squeaky brakes outside, so I had to cut it right there. Uh, Basically, the main drawback with Edwards is that it's the injuries, I think. Uh, He's missed time in each of the last two seasons a decent amount. I mean, twenty twenty. There wasn't much time to begin with, so you miss a month, and all of a sudden, that's the season. Uh, he has missed time in both 2019 and 2020 due to his shoulder and forearm woes, but I think that there is enough upside there with Carl Edwards Jr. to take a serious look at him this winter. So uh, he is one person that I'm very intrigued by. Whoever signs them may have a steal on their hands, and I'd prefer for the A's to be the one doing the stealing. So that's my take on why the A's should sign Carl Edwards Jr. this winter. But uh, coming up, I have a trade target for the A's to consider. And in parentheses here, I have apparently written bird pun question mark. I have not come up with a bird pun, but it is an Orioles pitcher that I will be talking about here in the next segment. So stay locked in with Locked on A's. I will be right back. Welcome back to the Locked on A's podcast. If you guys are enjoying the show, please subscribe wherever you like hearing podcasts. And also, please make sure to follow us on social media at Locked on, A's on Twitter and Instagram. I am at By Jason B on Twitter. And if you have any questions for us, please send those to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. All right, so the second bullpen target today is a trade target. As I said before the break, it is an Orioles trade target. So let's talk about it. Yesterday, I brought up the hard-throwing righty that may or may not be available from the Kansas City Royals. That would be Josh Stalman. Uh I liked what I saw from him. And uh, you know that the metrics agree. So that was uh, that's one guy. This guy is a lefty. He's 28 years old, and he should be on the trade block as the Orioles continue to rebuild. So Paul Fry is the guy that I'm talking about. He is basically a two-pitch pitcher. Uh, He has a low 90s fastball. It it averages like 92, 93. But the main attraction for me is his big-time slider, which I'll get into here in just one second. But first, I want to tell you guys that baseball savant's expected stats also love him. His expected ERA, his expected WOBA, his expected batting average, and his expected slugging are all between the 93rd and 96th percentile those are stats that you can fall in love with very quickly because expect that's not necessarily telling of how the pitcher did, but what they should be. It's kind of like FIP for uh, for pitchers. So uh, those are all great signs from Paul Fry. His ERA this season in uh, 22 innings came in at 245. And he actually was more effective against righties than lefties. The reverse splits, if you will, so that three batter minimum, not going to be affecting him whatsoever. And don't get me wrong, he was good against both righties and lefties, but he, he he did better against righties. And it's because that slider coming into righties really ate them up. They could not figure it out. And that's because Fry's slider has some of the best movement on a slider in baseball. Right there with Zach Britton and Blake Trinan uh, with how it moves vertically. And he's number three in baseball in horizontal movement on that pitch as well. I'll put some videos in the show notes because it is lots of fun to watch. Uh, this slider moves, you guys. And uh, that is a pitch that you would like to have in your arsenal if you are the A's and their bullpen. Uh, I talked to the Locked On Orioles host and he said that Fry was quietly one of their best relievers down the stretch in 2020, and he's not sure that Baltimore would trade him, but he's also arbitration eligible following the 2021 campaign, so it's not necessarily a matter of if, but when they will move him. He said that they'd probably move him before he hits arbitration, but there's only one more year left, so... Uh, are they going to hold him until he hits arbitration and then trade him? That sounds silly. I say move him now. And if the Orioles want to get a little bit more creative, they could possibly include Hans or Alberto in the deal. I've been hearing that he may be a non-tender candidate, so maybe they want to move that salary a little bit. Uh, but if that is the rumor that's going around the industry, maybe they just want to hold off if they have any uh, affinity to go after Hans or Alberto. And the only reason I'm bringing him up right now is that if the A's aren't going to be spe- spending a lot of money, then they're going to have to get guys that do certain things really well for not a lot of money, and uh, Alberto absolutely crushes lefties. Like, hits 400 against lefties, crushes them. And I wouldn't be mad at platooning second base if they don't sign Colton Juan or, you know, even Tommy LaStella at that point. Just give me two guys that can absolutely crush, one against righties, one against lefties, Alberto being the guy that can hit lefties, and, uh, you know, see how that fares over the course of a season and the playoffs. Uh, But, you know, anyways, let's move on to uh, the actual pitcher that I was talking about and the deal that could end up landing Paul Fry in Oakland. And uh, I've said it before, but I think that the A's trade either Jonaheim or Austin Allen this winter because both of them have a little bit of value to their names and they can only use one of them behind Sean Murphy. So you got just this extra position and unless you're counting on somebody getting hurt, then really what's the point of keeping three catchers that uh, you, you can find a, a replacement catcher if you need to, and go with that. Uh, personally, I liked Heim's skill set a little bit more as a switch hitter and a solid defensive catcher. And if Allen were traded to Baltimore, I think that his offense-first approach could play really well at Oriole Park as well as Yankee Stadium, where he plays a handful of games, where the Orioles play a handful of games with their short porch over there in uh, right field for a left-handed batter. And you know, I think that would be a decent fit for Austin Allen and for the Orioles to get another catcher right there. And I know that Baltimore has Adley Rutschman waiting in the wings, but he's probably a year or so away. And in my opinion, Allen is probably a better option than any of the catchers that the Orioles currently have that are not Adley Rutschman. So you give him some playing time, let him improve his trade value for, you know, all of 2021, and then you trade him again next winter. Then you get something better than what you gave up this winter. And I think that that would be a decent way to go about it because Oriole Park just has lots of offense and... Austin Allen is an offensive guy, and uh, you put him there, I think that he's going to put up some decent numbers, make the A's look foolish for trading for Paul Fry and maybe even Hanzo Roberto, but uh, I think that that's a a decent trade for both sides. Uh, Whether or not the the A's want to go with trading uh, Austin Allen in a trade like that for a reliever or trading him in a different deal to net them like a second baseman or somebody that plays more uh, frequently, maybe that's how they use him, but I do think that one of them gets traded this winter uh, just because... And sticking with my rebuilding, teams don't really need to hold on to their relievers mindset. I think that the Orioles trading Paul Fry, even though he's a decent reliever in their bullpen right now, it'd just be a smart move for them to make because relievers, again, they're fickle. They have up and down seasons. You can't really count on them from year to year, especially when they're a little bit younger. Once they get to like 31, 32, they're a little bit older, but you have more of a sense of what you're getting from them. And uh, Paul Fry is still only 28 years old. So I think that moving him while he's still pre-arb is probably a decent move for them to consider. Uh, I think that if the A's came knocking for Fry and came with a legitimate return, maybe it's Austin Allen, maybe it's you know, a pitcher and something, uh, a middle infielder. And I'm not talking the premier guys, the Nick Allens or anything like that. But, you know, a couple of guys that could be, you know, useful for them. Maybe like another Renato Nunez type, something like that. If they came with a Renato Nunez type who Mm -hmm. they seem to like a lot in Baltimore, then maybe Paul Fry could be weaseled away from Baltimore. But I'm really not great at coming up with trade packages or anything like that. And I think that Austin Allen is probably a little bit too much for Paul Fry alone. But I think that there is a trade to be made with both of those players involved that would benefit both teams. Maybe you got to add a little bit more uh, to the periphery, but those would be the main two guys in my mind for a trade like this to happen. Uh, I'm not super familiar with the the Orioles prospects or anything like that, but I think that Austin Allen would thrive playing in Baltimore with the Orioles. So I think that that's a decent idea for a trade if they wanted to look into it. And Paul Fry is the guy that I have my eyes on in that Baltimore bullpen. And if the A's made this trade, their bullpen would have Paul Fry, Jake Diekman, and AJ Puck as the left handed options in relief. And that is a solid group. And there is one small worry. If, you know, that could be at play here. And that is while Diekman throws a little bit harder, he and Fry are both slider fastball pitchers from the left side. They have similar arm slots. And would that be too similar a look for the A's to go after in rebuilding their bullpen? Maybe, uh, but Fry slider has way more movement than Diekman's, and Diekman's fastball has way more movement than Fry's. So they could be just dissimilar enough to make this trade work and to make an addition of Paul Fry work. Uh, the only reason that this would matter is because there's a line of thought that if you have too many pitchers that throw uh, too many similar pitches, have similar arm slots, and or give similar looks uh, with their pitching and all that stuff, uh, then their effectiveness could be diminished because the batter is seeing different pitchers, but not necessarily a a different look from a pitcher. They're, They're seeing basically the same thing over and over, and it's easier for them to adjust to a pitcher at that point. Jake Diekman is signed for 2021 at $4 million and has a $4 million team option for 2022 with a $750,000 buyout. And if the A's wanted to, they could add Fry this winter and then have him be the replacement for Diekman next winter if the A's decline his option or, you know, trade him for other parts. Uh, Fry would definitely be the cheaper lefty in his first year of arbitration. Uh, just because if you look at Josh Hader, he's been one of the best relievers in baseball, especially the, one of the best lefties in baseball. And he went through his first season of arbitration this past winter and he made $4.1 million. And that's basically what Jake deepens already making. So, uh, Paul Fry is not going to be the best lefty and he's not going to have the track record that, uh, Josh Hader had, so adding Fry would be an inexpensive move now, and could also help him save a couple of million dollars next winter if it pans out. Uh, I think that that's probably enough for John Fisher to be on board with making this deal, and the movement and whiff rate on his slider with the expected stats that he put up should be enough to put him on the front office's big board as well, so... It makes sense on the business sense. It makes sense on the baseball field. I think that it makes sense to add Paul Frey to the A's uh, bullpen in 2021. Uh, So between yesterday's pod and today's episode, I have given you guys three options that the A's could go after to help them rebuild their bullpen for 2021. And that would likely cost them around $2 million for next season. And uh, sure, it it would take away some of the A's prospect depth because two of them would be trade targets. But neither Josh Stammen or Paul Fry are going to be netting top tier talent either. So you still have the core of your farm system intact with your Nick Allens, your Caprillians, your uh, Grant Holmes's. You know, the big names in the farm system, your Lazaritos, your... uh, Robert Poisson, those guys, they're still going to be in the farm system. And if that's the case, I think that with the A's window maybe being on the verge of starting to close a little bit with their core group that they have right now with Chapman and Olsen, all those guys, uh, I think that the time to make some moves is right now. And these are a couple of fairly low-cost moves that the A's could make to rebuild their bullpen for 2021 while not adding a ton of payroll or anything like that, which would make John Fisher very, very happy. So let me know what you guys think about these two moves that I mentioned today and yesterday's move with Josh Stalman at Locked on, A's on Twitter, or you guys can email those to me at LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. Uh, the rest of the week, I'm going to be going over some of the other bullpen targets that the A's could also go after, but uh, those are going to be more free agent fa- uh, focused. So those are going to cost a little bit more money for John Fisher. So I think that these are probably your best bets if you want to both improve the team and also not spend a ton of money. So the rest of the week, I uh, got free agent targets in the bullpen. So make sure to subscribe to the podcast. So you guys don't miss any of those. And also, if you're already subscribed, Please leave us a rating and review. Those very much help us in uh, spreading the podcast word and all that stuff. So uh, do all those things. I appreciate it very much. You guys have been wonderful all year. Uh, It's already November, you guys. This is nuts. Um, Yeah, but that is it for today's show. So enjoy your Tuesday and make sure to go out and vote, whether it's in person or you're dropping it off or doing whatever. Uh, Make sure that your vote is counted. And uh, so until next time, stay indoors, celebrate good times, Oakland, keep wearing those masks, and I will talk to you guys tomorrow.